What's up fam it's been a long ride y'all it's been a real long ride um welcome back to the bridge millennial podcast um this is a very special kickback episode uh for those of you who are new you've been living under the rocks of the rocks like you know who we are you know what we be doing um this is our finale of the season shan <laughs> This Can you please with the drama? Like, it's it's with giving drama. all drama. Like, it's giving all types of drama. I hear um, your voice wavering. <laughs> I know, like... I can't with the drama. But I am. I'm sad. But we got something special for the homies for the summertime. We so do. don't fret, my pets. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back up in these streets. And we are committed to... Um, what did he say? We say we was gonna do on Fourth of July. Oh, July Fourth, <laughs> Patreon. Patreon, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patreon. We'll put our video content up there because a lot of people is actually asking, "Where can I see the video? Where can I see the video?" So you yeah. will be able to see video content and some bonus content on the Patreon. But yeah, so the like, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for supporting Shannon. We did it. We killed it. We did it. We successfully finessed through a full season. Do you understand? Hurdles, we jumped them, cleared them, period. <laughs> period. Mountains, we climbed period. them. We Hello? climbed them. What you say in valleys, we jumped over them. What's good? <laughs> period. We swam we to the finish the line. Yes, we did. And I'm we so excited. We, we, this episode, we get to look back, and we're going to do a lot of looking back. We're going to do some of that reminiscing, but I'm just so proud of us for actually, like, coming from a rough start to, like, a clean finish. Like, we got new tech. <laughs> what you saying, boo? We got new tech. <laughs> we got setups. Yeah. What are you saying? We had a guest almost every episode. Shout out to... Sam, I remember I hit her up and I was like, Sam, I need you to jump on last minute. She was like, cool, I'll be there. Like, thank you for that. Thank you for everybody who's participated. We built a nice little extended family. We got a little tiny little fan base. A little bit strong. A little bit strong. Also, when I tell you, because I chuckled a little bit when you said we had a rough start, we, we most definitely started from the bottom. Um, oh yeah! Now we're here. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! You started from oh, the yeah. bottom, and I just want to also thank the homies. Like, if you have listened to every single episode, yo, this thank is a you. shout out for you. Shout out to you, um, because we could not have done this without you. And um, send us a little voice message. We're gonna pop some bubbly. We're gonna celebrate. So celebrate Sel- with us. Go grab yourself some wine. Oh some champagne and celebrate with us because we definitely did it. We had a dream and it we came sure to did. life. 
this season and I cannot wait for future seasons with the homies. Um, so this, this episode is going to be like Rob said, a kickback episode, a lunch table episode, if you will, we're going to kick it with the homies and we're going to reminisce. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. We're we actually have some voicemail, right? I wanted to go through some of the voicemail from this season. Um, I'm going to play a clip from someone who dropped us a voicemail when we were talking about that Matrix episode. You remember the Matrix episode where it first came out and it didn't do the numbers that they thought it was going to do? <laughs> it did not do the numbers that they thought it was going to do, but it was super controversial because it was like very cryptic in a way. Like, where is the Matrix picking up right now? Is it retelling an old story? Is it telling a new story? Is it a continuation? So it was a lot of confusion around that. So let's hear what somebody had to say. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Wow, you guys hit on so many good points on this I Caught Single episode. I definitely had too many broke dudes in my life. Um, Now that I'm married, it's completely different. But I definitely relate to being sober now and just sort of focusing on my own success because my measures of success were not healthy ones before. And now it's just about me being a better version of myself. So I really appreciate touching on that subject as well as being really selective about your friends. Like everybody's not your friend. And I just really love the whole discussion. So good job guys. That was the homie beauty shout out to beauty. Thank you for your support. And um, listen, I don't know what has occurred in y'all's lives since that episode, but we're going to say this again. Everybody is not your friend. And um, it's time for a little spring cleaning. It's the springtime. So it show is. It's, it's time to assess who in your life is really for you and adjust accordingly. That's all I'll say about that. Yes. I be telling people 2022 is like a practice year. Like, you got to get it right. This is your last final practice year for your Jordan year. When 2023 come in, you got to be hitting those threes. You got to be hitting those slam dunks. So do what you got to do this year to make sure that you're prepared and set up for success. We got another one from Beauty. Hi, guys. It's Beauty. I definitely am a Matrix nerd, and I was disappointed that they didn't have the original Morpheus, but I understood what they tried to do with the story. They tried to tie everything together, um, use all those little Easter eggs, and kind of give us some closure. I even saw where they touched on the fact that the Matrix is like an alternate universe for those people who (laughs) committed crimes, thinking that the world that we're living in is actually the matrix. So that was really interesting to kind of go back and relive my childhood. And obviously if you go into it, knowing that it's not going to be as awesome as when you were kids, then it'll be fine. So. Yeah. She was dead on watch. I remember watching it was like, 
you know, when the Matrix first came out, those graphics and those visuals, that was like the first time that was ever done. But now it's like everywhere. So it, it didn't hit the same. But um, there was a lot of takeaways from the Matrix. I um have since talked to like a Matrix nerd like Beauty. And, you know, she had a different perspective because there are so many Easter eggs that that really you wouldn't understand. You you kind of have to go back and watch all three again first so that you can kind of catch the, the nuances. And about the new Morpheus, I'm sorry, I was digging it and I was feeling him. He was fly. You know, I'm a sucker for fashion. Um, <laughs> so was, I, that I boy can, was clean. He was clean, squeaky clean. So, um, I, and I appreciated that because the thing is, is that 20 years later, we all know that things aren't going to be the same. So we love how, you know, we, we had Neo, we had Neo back. We had um, Trinity, we had Trinity back. I wasn't mad at the new Morpheus. Um, but yeah, we, we, we still got some mixed feelings about that, but I am down to watch that again and like see what's up with that. So homies, have you watched the matrix, the new matrix yet? Like it's been a while. It's been out for a while, but I believe it's out on HBO um, mm-hmm. at this point. So what's up? Go check it what, out. What y'all think about it? Go check it, go check it out. You know, um, Shen, but watch the our... first three first. Our I caught single episode was like one of our most popular ones. We got like it mad, was we got like mad mail. I'm gonna play another um, voicemail that we got from uh, Danielle, the makeup monster. Okay, good night, good night. I have an idea because for your podcast, I don't know if that. It, listen, it's the revolving door friendships and relationships for me it's the people who choose to not give you um a choice you like you don't get to help in the decision as to whether or not certain things happen it's the people who disappear pretty much ghost you say nothing to you and then pop back up like oh my god i missed you i'm sorry what like we never even discussed us going you know what maybe this isn't gonna work for us like you literally disappeared there was no phone call there was no nothing just totally disappeared when people reach out to you you don't respond but then you call out of nowhere it's giving very much my dad went to get milk never came back and now that i'm like 83 with like 20 grandkids he pops up and goes hey i'm back what what who do this Oh, that's right. It's not a thing. Let's not make relationships and friendships a revolving door a thing. Okay. Okay, so I have some thank first of all, thank you, Danielle. Danielle just has a way of <laughs> presenting things that I absolutely love. She's hilarious. Um, shout out to the makeup monster. Yes. Um, but this is what I will say, okay. Because I have been in a situation where I've, like, ghosted friends, right? But it's one of those, and I saw a post about this. It's one of those things, like, when you realize that you're giving, like, 90% of the effort in a friendship, which 
you don't want to say it's transactional, but a friendship totally is. You know, when I'm giving so much to a relationship, there have been times in a friendship, there have been times where I will fall back. That's what we call falling back. I'll fall back just to see if, you know, this person is going to put forth the effort. Like when you realize like, hey, I'm the person who texts every time or I'm the person who calls every time and reaches out. And I think it's interesting because every single time I've decided to fall back from a friendship, crickets. You know Mm. what I mean? It'll be crickets and they won't reach back out. Now, the one time, but see, and I think that there is a healthy way to address because when when I would do stuff like that, I do it for a reason. If you do decide, hey, um, to reach out to me and say, hey, I haven't heard from you lately, like what's going on, that would be the point of that, just to see if you even care enough to reach out to say, hey, is there an issue? And then there have been times where that has happened, and then I'll say, yes, there is an issue, and we figure out if we can work through it or not. If we cannot, then you know the friendship no longer has its place in my life, but so I think that there are are certain ways that I, I don't want to call it ghosting, but I do call it falling back from friendships, you know, and sometimes it's needed and necessary to bring attention or to draw attention to the fact that the effort isn't equal, you know, and it's not always going to be equal because sometimes you're going to be going through something and you really lean hard on a friend, you know, um, but then on the other hand, if, if, if the same is going for the friend, if, if something is going on in their life, they should be able to lean on you heavily as well. So it is a two-way street. But how do you feel about that, Rob? Um, I feel like the principles of what you set your foundation of the friendship to be is usually how the tone's going to be carried out. So some people do like having time together and having that like hiatus of you ghosting. For some people, that's a deal breaker. Um, but then you have those friends that y'all could literally not talk for years and come back and it's like day one, you know? So it's not really a, I think it really depends on the tone of the friendship, how it started. You know what I'm saying? There are some people where you're friends with them, but it depends on what foundation y'all are friends on. Like if we're just friends on some, we're work friends and we hang out every now and then, and then I don't speak to you for like months and then you... You know, if you don't have that much meaning to me, then it's like, it's a little weird. But you do have friends that you feel like y'all could go without speaking and come back. Or then you also have friends that when you do cut them off for a little while and y'all grow and mature or they grow and mature and you reunite. So I think it's perfectly fine either way. The most important thing is to know where you stand and make sure that you hold your boundaries when you have them. And just be clear and transparent about what exactly you expect to give to this friendship and what you expect to receive to this friendship. If As long as there's communication and you're open, I feel like if the friendship can work, it will. And if it can't work, then it won't. But at least you'll know where you stand with the person. That's my big thing. I need to know where we stand. I agree. And I, I have those type friends, like one of my very best friends. Um, he lives back home in Atlanta and... We hit, I hit him up when I go back home and it's best friends forever again, you know? And I think that for me, it's about feeling used. So in a friendship, sometimes it can be a long-term friendship or something that has 
been a couple years or a couple months, but if I feel like there's a pattern of when you hit me up and it's only when you need something from me, then that's usually the point where I'll fall back or ghost, if you will, because I'm like, okay, what are you going to do if I'm not available to help you for whatever it is that you need? Like, are you still a friend of mine when I can't do something for you or if I don't do something for you? So that's kind of the vibe. If I feel like I'm being used, I'll definitely fall back. Um, But thank you for that, Danielle. That, that was pretty... That was pretty thought provoking, um, and I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. Again, spring cleaning, everybody. So get into assess it. those assess those friendships and and figure out where you stand in friendships and relationships. It's important. Yes. So um, to follow up on a recent story, um, we were recording. I don't remember what episode we were recording, but we was like on the recording and while we were on the recording the grammys was taking place and phones was blowing up (laughs) and then somebody i think it might have been danielle might have been the first one to let us know like did you see did y'all no 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 no. it was xavier he was like did you see that will smith just like slapped the color out of chris rock and i was like what are you talking about and that's when, like, that literally happened while we were recording the episode. So we did follow up, and we said that we were going to follow up with that episode. In case y'all did not know, he's been banned from the Academy for 10 years. Um, and he did lose a lot of endorsements as a result of that. Uh, Chris was given the option to press charges. He opted not to. And um, so I checked in with the homies to follow up to see what people thought about that. So surrounding this episode, I found very a lot of curiosity in terms of like what people considered justice to be. So we did get a lot of backlash. People were like, it's not okay for him to hit someone or not okay for him to batter someone or whatever the case may be. The act of violence wasn't okay. Um, and I became curious as to whether or not people were going to allow us to have another conversation about the traumatic part of it, like how this may have been a trauma reenactment. And I found that society was definitely like completely split for some reason. It was like, if you believe that the, the violence was not okay, then you're not allowed to have the conversation about the past trauma. If you believed in the past trauma, then you don't have the right to have the conversation that the violence are not okay which is interesting because society kind of just stuck with the split. Like everyone was split down the middle, but both can be and are true. You know, like both, you can do something that is not okay. You can have consequences for doing something that's not okay, but it doesn't excuse us from having a conversation as to why you did it in the first place. So we got some interesting feedback. Let's get into something from the homie Jada. So, thoughts on this are that while Chris Rock definitely you know that was kind of a low blow but he also said that he didn't know which kind of which I kind of feel like it's hard to know since Jada's been very open about you know her being diagnosed with this disease and everything I think that Will could have handled it differently I understand everyone has their triggers and everything like that but you know in the environment that they were in which you know it's the Oscars, you know, it's not something that should have done because I feel like now everybody has this idea, you know, that not trying to bring race into it, but 
it kind of is like oh these black people you know they don't know how to control themselves or you know act in these certain situations so i think it's fault on both sides um but it's just ridiculous at this point and the fact that you know everyone's had will smith up on this pedestal or whatever um that he's one of like the greatest and stuff and so having this happen um of course again with the whole race thing everyone's gonna bring it back to his race you know that he's black and this is why he acts that way and you know no matter how much wealth this man has how much fame this man has how much amazing things he's done he's still gonna be um basically uh just uh, like people are gonna judge because of this one moment you know um chris rock you know he's a comedian this is what comedians do uh, nothing is off limits for them for the most part, and but it's one of those things where it's just like, bro, like you say whatever you want to say, there's consequences to what you want to say, you know. Uh, I've heard that with like Chris Rock that he didn't even write that joke, um, and given the fact that you know people were saying that like, oh, they're all like really close friends and all that stuff, there should have been some type of like. Um, pushback on his end you know if and i get it like it's a joke it wasn't it's something that shouldn't have been taken as seriously but given the fact of what she's going through it is serious and obviously she wasn't happy with it but on the flip side will did laugh at it before he got up there so there's that like weird contradictory behavior and then now there's footage showing Jada laughing when Will, uh, not, yeah, when Will smacked him, so, I don't know, the whole thing is just weird to me. Thank you, Jada. Hot Jada. <laughs> but, um, yeah, what did you, what were your afterthoughts? I know, like, we were going through, like, shock when we first heard about it. We were like, this did not fucking happen, but it did. And what was your afterthoughts? How do you feel about the circumstances now? How do you feel like um, different from when your initial reaction was, given the new information that has unfolded? Does that change your opinion about what happened? I feel that I can't really, like you said earlier, take sides because there are so many different dimensions to this. And I think that looking back on traumatic events in my life sometimes I feel like it takes a a moment for things to set in so originally when you look at the clip Jada like rolls her eyes you know she kind of smiles and laughs it off and then he kind of laughs and I think like probably naturally as celebrities who have been celebrities for a long time they're used to hearing their names come up from comedians and, and, you know, I think that you're kind of, I guess, prepared for moments like that. But I think that once it kind of set in, I think that's kind of when he reacted. And I think, like you said, I think it was kind of like a blackout moment um, where he kind of maybe relived some trauma and instantly reacted. And that obviously doesn't make it okay But that is a conversation that needs to be had. We know that in the Black community, it has been very difficult for us to heal. There is a stigma that's attached to 
healing in the black community and therapy in the black community. And I do feel as though it's something that needs to be addressed because you have people who are way on one side that are like Jada, Will and Jada need to be canceled. It's all Jada's fault that Will is. And and there's a, there's another element there because there is an article that I read on XO Nicole that talks about how, When men misbehave, and it's not just black men, but when men misbehave, the women in their life are often blamed for that. And that is something that, you know, that goes back to slavery. That goes back to the beginning of time, I feel, that people hold women accountable for the actions of the men that they are partnered and attached with, which I think that is super unhealthy because Will is his own man. He has his own trauma. And yes, he felt that he was defending his wife, but and and people have now come out and said that she shot him a look like, go defend me, like stuff like that. It's like every single person that has said something like that there there is deeply rooted in some very very unhealthy history with women and men and i just i just don't agree with that i i really don't i think that a lot of people are blaming will's behavior on jada's red table talk on jada's affair with um August Alsina, when we all know that Will has had his fair share of affairs that nobody has talked about. So, and and we haven't talked about how, how that's affected, affected Jada. We've always said that Will and Jada have this open relationship and everything is cool. But as soon as Jada decides to do her own thing when they're separated, it's this big, huge thing. So I just think it's very interesting. I think there are so many sides to this and... I think in order to form an opinion, you have to consider all of those sides. And that's what I'll say about that. I agree. Um, it the, the incident definitely sparked a lot of conversation. My only hopes is I wish that everyone was open to having all conversations instead of feeling obligated to just have one of them. Like, the, I feel like we're a part of the the way that we approach violence and crime is... It's, it's not effective because we, we do this punishment for the rest of your life, cancel forever because of this one action that you made, regardless of all the good that you've done. Today, you did a thing that is bad and let's outcast you to the edge of the world for the rest of eternity, which really doesn't seem realistic. You know what I mean? That's a very, as you said, that comes from a very slavery approach. That comes from a very institutionalized approach, whereas we can both punish you and give you the consequence for your action, but we can also rehabilitate you and have that conversation as well. So, but that, that was a, that was, that was a very controversial situation we had. We actually have a little bit more. Uh, We got some from Miss Shannon. She weighed in. Will Smith and Chris Rock. Honestly, Will Smith is a broken man. And I felt like Chris Rock took the smack from everybody that Will Smith personally couldn't smack, but wanted to smack. And it just was uncalled It overshadowed everything. It overshadowed the whole Oscars. Like before that happened, Oscars was grooving and I was really enjoying it. But once that smack happened, it just changed everything. It took away from Quest Love's win as an Oscar and it overshadowed 
Will Smith win for his Oscar role, and all he will be known for is the man who smacked Chris Rock. It's tainted. And at the end of the day, you are responsible for your own actions. Yes, people are going to do whatever they want to, to, to nudge you to make to try to get a reaction out of you, but at the end of the day, you have to learn self-control. And I'm even learning this in my own life, that I'm still responsible for my actions just because somebody did something to me that, don't, that I have to respond a certain way. As for Jada... I feel like she is toxic. I feel like that she's a narcissist. And honestly, she brought all of this on him. Because even after the fact, everything that's happening, when you see something like, I don't care what people say about my hair, and I see the meme, it's like, okay, so why didn't you tell your husband? If you didn't care nobody talk about your hair, why would you let your husband go up there and allow him to do that? She could have stopped him. She could have like, no, babe, it's not, it's not, let's not do that. Why didn't she stop him? You know what I'm saying? I'm just tired of the foolishness. I'm tired about the whole subject. I'm just tired of it all. Will Smith, he needs to go get real counseling for somebody who really cares about him. And to be honestly, he needs to leave that woman alone. But that's just my opinion. You see what I'm saying? I literally just said that. How she literally, she did a whole message about Will and then she literally did a message. And no, no, absolutely no shade to my namesake, Shannon. But but my point is, is how is this Jada's fault? How is this Jada's fault? We are not in their relationship. We don't know their dynamic. And and being a celebrity has to be hella hard, which is why, like, when I was younger, I wanted to be famous. And then I kind of changed my mind because I'm like, imagine being known for the worst thing that you've done, right? Imagine just being known for that. As, as a person right now, think about the worst thing that you've done in your life and imagine that you could not recover from that because everyone has associated with you with that for life, that would really suck, right? Because people are not good or bad. We're multidimensional. We do good things. Sometimes we do not so good things, but it really just goes to show you where where a lot of the community is on this subject and they're blaming Jada. And I'm sorry, there's a lot of people that I'm really close to. Well, there's some people that are really close to that say both of the whole thing is toxic, both of them. But I don't think that the blame would really need to go on either or. There's a there's there is a lot. There's a slew of different things that have occurred that have brought that brought them to that moment. And that's just kind of how life goes. It's not just one singular thing that brings you to a moment like that. It's a culmination of a lot of different things. And. That also reminds me of something else. I'm going to bring this up later. But it it reminds me of, this is kind of off subject, but like Viola Davis and what she's going through right now with portraying Michelle Obama. She's had so many great roles, right? But now she's played this role that isn't so great. And, you know, it's totally changed everyone's kind of, I guess, viewpoint of the power of what she can do. And I think that that it sucks because you're going to fail as a person. You're going to fail as a person. You are going to be unsuccessful as a person. You're going to do things that you regret, but as a celebrity, they do not let you forget. Okay. It's hard. Well, I want to definitely jump in because of all the things that I've heard, um, I feel like Shannon's comment to me made the most sense. She like for me, I didn't I didn't feel like she was blaming Jada for Will's action. She actually was very clear in saying people are going to try to get to you. You're responsible for your own actions. 
And she did acknowledge, like, you got the slap of, like, mad people from his past. So she acknowledged that it was a trauma reaction, but she also acknowledged that Will Smith is responsible for his own self-discipline. And that's the first opinion I think Will Smith would agree with. Just based on his brand and how he's so big into self-discipline, I think that is the a reflection of how he thinks about himself. I feel like when she mentioned about Jada being toxic, it was unfortunate that it was in the same commentary, but I think she was addressing a different part of their relationship entirely, which I got to say that I'm not I'm not against and I'm and it's not because of this particular incident, but Jada's behavior as a wife and a mother has not, you do not sleep with your son's friends. You you don't do that. I'm sorry. And I'm not saying that I'm not pro-poly. I'm not saying that I'm not pro-sex positive, whatever the case may be. But those actions was not in consideration of how will my kids feel about this? Those was not the case. And shortly following that, Jaden was like, I'm getting emancipated. He's like, I'm done. He's, you know, and I I hear them speak little it, itty bitty pieces of their family. And what I will say in to, to their credit, I don't know too many black families in Hollywood that are living this transparently. Like they're like the black Osbournes. Like their entire life is every detail of every thought of every action. So I will not say that other families don't have an issue with this. But what what I will say is I just think that it does seem like Jada is very much self-centered and self-absorbed. Even the way that she was talking about the, the affair or the relationship with August, it's an entanglement. Like the way she dances around topics it does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. It feels a little manipulative. I'm not. I'm going to be very transparent. It feels like she's very good at being manipulative. Also, the fact that this this was a you had this going on in the house where the kids and the husband lived for so long. Like, she, I, I feel like that that alone and her actions in terms of outside of this Oscars incident makes me uncomfortable. And makes me feel like those can be toxic traits for someone like a Will Smith, who's very whatever. Now, as far as the incident, I think like it's very clear that that is his actions. He's responsible for that. Will actually removed himself from the Academy before he was even banned. He removed himself from the Academy. They just followed up with that. But I actually think that if he had not removed himself, the Academy wouldn't have banned him. But he actually removed himself. So he's very much self-accountability. And I don't take that from anybody. And I don't think that his actions are justified by who he's with. Like, if you're with someone that is toxic or whatever the case may be, you are still responsible for your own actions. Just like if you have past trauma, you're still responsible for your own actions. And you can't ride what you did on something that was done to you. You can't because this is a new ripple that you're starting. But again, we can have the conversation as to how that relationship dynamic led to, lent its way to turn into something like that where that could happen. I think there is something there to be said, but 
That aside, I just, when she was, that's not okay. <laughs> that's not okay. And you can tell that it wasn't okay because she was dancing around the topic. She didn't want to directly say, I had an affair with August. I had a relationship with August. She was constantly dancing around. So you know people was not okay with this. And I that just, that bothered me. That I, That just bothered me. So I just had to give my little 10 cent on the situation. You know, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I do think that we cannot claim to know everything that has transpired in their very long relationship. And I do think that we can only analyze what they've given us and what we know. So when all of these things were, quote unquote, exposed on the red table talk, you know, we all ran with that. We all ran with that and we we formed our opinions and we're analyzing their relationship. We're analyzing a small piece of the 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 way bigger pie. You know what I mean? Because their relationship started, first of all, their relationship started in a toxic ass way. Will Smith t- divorced his wife and then called up Jada and said, We together. Didn't so I tell you? Well, didn't we just talk, talk about, about tone? <laughs> didn't we just talk about the tone of the relationship? It's going to govern so how the friendship goes. So that's what, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like I just don't. I did not. I never said that Jada was not toxic. Now, what I said was is that we cannot claim to know everything that has brought them that brought them to that moment in their relationship because they absolutely have not shared that because celebrities being transparent that's like a newer thing. You know, that's a newer thing with the with the advancement of social media and celebrities being so accessible, a, a tweet, an at away, a mention away. It has kind of changed the dynamic of, of how we think of celebrities. But I do feel that this is probably nothing new in their relationship. This is just the first time they've really honestly let us in on what was going on because people have always speculated. And so I just want to say like, we have to be careful of blaming the demise of their family and their relationship on one person Mm -hmm. because there are two people in a relationship and I'm just going to leave it at that. Absolutely. We got to take that whole blame we need to take that out the vocabulary. Placing blame is ne- one; it's never healthy. It's not going to solve anything. But like Shannon said, if you're not in it, you don't know how to even discuss judgment and blame because you don't have all the information. So in terms of blame, that got to get canceled. Let's cancel blame. Can we do that? Can we cancel blaming people for can the stuff that we don't have no business knowing anyway? Absolutely. But, can we also look at actions and allow them to spark conversations about humanity, society, and relationships in terms of health? Yes, we can do that. But we don't have to place blame on anyone for anything, especially because they are still together. So right. regardless of what, <laughs> they chose each other. So um And the and the also ahead. the other point is is they worked through whatever that was before we found out about it. And they continue so, to. Right. And what we what we've done is kind of rehash their emotions about certain things because, you know, Jada has has shared. But I will say that they had already worked through that moment in their relationship when everyone else found out about it. So keeping that in mind, I think is also really important because we're getting, uh, you know, we're getting the experience after the fact. So yeah. we're making all of these conclusions. And again, we don't know everything that occurred. As so. is the case with most celebrities. By the time you hear about it or see it, 
they've already dealt with it. You know, paparazzi is going to give you what they're going to give you. Most of the time it's PR managed anyway. So you're only getting the bits of information that they're okay with you getting in the first place. So, um, yeah, shout out to them though. Um, just to break up the, the tone, just to break up the tone a little bit. Um, speaking of communication, I have a little activity for you, Shan. Okay, I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to like it. Wait, let me pull up my my notes. But I have some old '90s and early 2000s slang, and I want you to use them in a sentence. (laughs) Oh, this should be fun. (laughs) And I'm only giving you 10 seconds, so you gotta. First of all, your snaps are so loud. Wow. They are. They are. It's from Step. You should put that on a track. It's from Step. The snaps on a track. Yes. Snaps on a track. Yeah. Double them and make it make it a make it part of the beat. I love that. Not doubling the snap vocals. Yeah. They have to be because when you step in, if you use snaps as a percussion, they gotta be loud. So <laughs> Okay. Here we go. We got 20 slang terms that every 1990s kid will remember. Okay. First one. Talk to the hand. First of all, okay. Um, that's pretty easy to use. It's when you don't want to like deal with somebody. So you tell them, like, talk to the hand because the ears ain't trying to listen. Or hey, <laughs> you know you had to finish it. I was waiting yes. on the talk to the hands because the face don't want to hear it. And that's what I was going to uh, say. The face don't. The face has ears on it. And I thought about how we used to say it. I'm like, that don't make no sense. That's why I changed it. That's why I changed exactly. it to the ears don't want to listen. Because how we used to say it don't even, that don't even make no sense, y'all. But that was the 90s. <laughs> All right. Number two, as if. Um, As if. As if is from Clueless. And we used to do the thing where we, we used to do it on our forehead. Loser, loser, as if whatever with the twist, elbow, elbow, no, (laughs) (laughs) yes, look, please shout shout us out if you remember that one. Yes, that one. Um, next one, my favorite, Jiggy, getting jiggy with it. This one is a reference from um, Will Smith's song, Getting Jiggy With It, that came out in what 1998. Or 1997. Something like and, that. Um, something like that. And jiggy just means like you're in the mood to party. You're in the mood to dance. So I can't wait to go to the club tonight and get jiggy. Hey. Uh, bugaboo. Oh, bugaboo is most definitely a reference <laughs> from Destiny's Child. Oh, my God. We had a dance off of Bugaboo when I was younger. But Bugaboo, basically, like, girl, I'm not picking up this phone because this little boy is a Bugaboo. That means that they are calling you too much. (laughs) They call you on the phone. They bugging you. They open up their mouth. They bugging you. Everything they do, be bugging (laughs) Be bugging you. Be bugging you. Okay? (laughs) Yes. uh, I got one more for you. Let me find a good one. Good one. (laughs) Fat. P-H-A-T. OMG. Okay. Fat is another word. Okay, so there are a couple of different meanings of that word, but 
Fat just means something that's dope, something that's tight, something that is like fly. And fat can also um, be in reference to like baby fat, which was um, Kimora Lee Simmons line. And when you use fat with P-H-A-T, that means a woman is thick. Okay. Pretty She's hot and tempting. Than, pretty hot and tempting. She's thicker than a snicker. Okay. So, yes. Yes. I had to go down a little piece of memory lane. While I was looking at that, I came up against some honorable mentions, some toys from back in the day. Do you remember when Bop It came out? First of all, Bop It is a whole different animal. Yes. <laughs> and then and then Bop It Extreme. Bop, Bop It Extreme, Extreme is, is the one. Absolutely. Bop it, pull it, twist it. How many things was it? It was bop it, pull it, twist it, flick it. Flick it, flick it. Um, I don't know, but I know if a party is dying, you bring out the you bring out the bop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Gilmore Girl reference. If any of you Gilmore Girl uh, lovers are out there, if the party is dying, you, you can save it with the bop it. <laughs> Do you remember Slinky? Oh, absolutely. First of all. I, I just bought the kids some Slinkies the other day, and they were loving it, just to let you know that it doesn't have to be fancy just because we're in 2022. The kids still love things like Slinkies. And yes, I remember Slinkies. And remember you would put the Slinkies down the steps, and then and you would like, just like let in the commercial. <laughs> you would let it go down the steps. Oh, yeah. We all wanted some steps. That's all we wanted. <laughs> and don't let you have the metal one. You thought she was official tissue if you had a metal one. Oh well, those are those were the real. Those are the real mm-hmm. deal. Hold but do you remember when they got messed up? Like when they started getting mixed yes. up. I don't know if yours ever did, but mine's got mixed up and stuff. We had to wind up throwing them in the garbage. Yeah, the plastic ones because they cheat. Because they cheat. Yeah. Um. They were exactly. They were. Um. What else? Oh, shout out to Nano Pets, Giga Pets, and Tamagotchis. I feel like we Absolutely. had an episode of that when you said. <laughs> yes, that I said that when Should've my said. listen, y'all. Just in case, just in case y'all missed this, this was a, this was like one of our first episodes because I feel like I did this for a way back, but I never forget this. My fucking Tamagotchi, because I had a Nano Pet and a Tamagotchi. Um, and when my Tamagotchi died, I promise you, it went to hell. It, there were flames that went up on the screen, and it was like these little devil horns. I kid you not. And I was like, I'm not fucking with Tamagotchi anymore because that shit is. And I was, I was heavily Christian at the time, so I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, we are not playing with that. I'm not doing that. So <laughs> I'm screaming. <laughs> Why did they send your Tamagotchi to hell? Oh my gosh! I don't know who that idea so was that, but that was they, not they took funny. It too far. That has never happened. Girl. It scared a little girl. I would never forget that. I did not make that up. I promise you. And I remember asking other people like. When mine died, he had some devil horns. Like, did, was that your experience? And nobody else has said that. But never I promise you, I promise you, that's that. what happened with my Tamagotchi. I'm not playing. There were maybe some special ones that they put in there that they thought would that shit would be funny, but I was scared. Um, well, let's jump into the essentials, the Christmas list essentials. What? When you were young, you had to have 
a password journal. Either a password journal or a journal with a little key. With the key in the lock. That was, that was everything. I feel like I wanted one that had like an actual, it was like a gray one. It actually had a digital password or something like that. That's when you it know, got that was around the time when that was around the Harriet the Spy era. She reformed the notebook for all of us, like just so that you know. First of all, I don't know if I told y'all like my Harriet the Spy phase, but my cousin and I, we would go around. We had my mom actually created like we got one of those like tool tool belt Not situations tool belt. from like Home Depot, and my mom like use the the bubble paint and she like put my name on it and she like decked it out and I had like my spy kit and I had my composition notebook and I thought I was fucking Shannon the fucking spy okay and I was observing some real boring shit what was you observing (laughs) (laughs) what did you find out in your notebook I literally remember like me and my cousin doing this and like we were at my grandma's house at the time and I just, cause it ain't nothing going down in my grandma's house, but I just at remember all. like, I remember being looking like going in the kitchen and looking different stuff. And I remember thinking like the hot sauce looks crusty, like just shit like that. Like, I don't know what we thought we were doing, but we were the spying. Hot okay. The hot sauce looks crusty. <laughs> you in the kitchen's. Spying on some Tabasco sauce. <laughs> I'm screaming. Oh, uh, one of the big, goodness. big uh, essentials on our Christmas list was Dance Dance Revolution. Now, if you're a DDR person, this is a really big deal because the invention of Dance Dance Revolution took the arcade nerds to a whole nother level. I don't really like Dance Dance Revolution, but I love watching people that's really good at it, like choreograph that boom, 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 boom. So sometimes I will go to Dave and Buster's just to see the Dance Dance Revolution people as I sip on a martini. See, I feel like as as a real dancer, you're not going to be doing that game. I never did that game. I was actually really dancing. I feel like the people who really do Agreed. that, they're not actually good dancers. <laughs> it didn't feel they like just dancing mastered, to me. Uh-uh, they mastered the footwork that it takes to win, but you're not. Yeah. it. It's, I don't think that that actually... I don't know why it's called dance. Uh, I, because you didn't actually get figures on the screen dancing until, like I think, we... Until it yeah. turned into like whatever it is now. Different. Yeah. So back then it really was just jumping around the arrows with the music. So um based on who probably invented that, that might have been dancing for them. But Maybe, I never probably. really saw the appeal to it. Like you when I was young, I was in dance and I just didn't really I didn't get it, but it just looked interesting. Um as now, a boy, when the now, Wii came out, when the Wii came out, we was fucking up Michael Jack the Michael Jackson experience. Now the Wii now, turned it up now. We were the fucking we that up. up. Let's let's we be t- clear. <laughs> let's get that. To, is that called Dance Dance Revolution? I don't think it's. No, that, that's right? that was um the Michael Jackson experience. I think. Um, but that was on, a specialty version. Yeah, that's the specialty version of that dance game that they have. It was something something the Michael Jackson experience. I don't remember, but I know we was fucking it up. Okay? We definitely was straight like that. We were fucking that up. I, I definitely remember that. For all of my guys, I don't know if you was hyped with this too, um, the Razor Scooters. Now, before there was hoverboards, there was these damn Razor Scooters, the little skinny, skinny scooters mm-hmm. that was the metal joints. With I the handles? So bad, I wanted one. I wanted one so bad. 
I think I was walking to the grocery store one day and I actually found one just like laying outside. I don't know what could have possibly happened to it, but I got it and I was like, oh, I'm going to ride it. So I was going to ride it the rest of the way to the grocery store. Why that thing fell apart as I was crossing the street? And that's why they left it on the side of the street. <laughs> I'm crossing the street. I'm holding the handles in my hands. The rest of it just fall apart. And I'm just oh, walking to the supermarket with that dang handle. We had that. We had pogo sticks. You remember the pogo sticks? Absolutely. I remember the pogo sticks. Like, you just would jump. That was the... And, like, we would do competitions like, how many jumps could you do on the pogo stick? Mm-hmm. Until you got too tired to do it anymore. Yes, yes, yes. Do you... I know you remember this one, but I never really got into this one. Do you remember Hit Clips? No. So Hit Clips was like this, it gave you like this little tiny square cartridge that you put inside the Hit Clip and it shows you a video clip. Like it would show you a video on the screen and it came with like these little headphones and stuff like that. They were cool. I never really got into them. I don't know too many black kids that got into them. So I don't even know um, what you're talking about. That was like the OG. Let me send you... Uh, I ain't never heard of nobody's hit clips, but um, hit clips, okay. yeah. Somebody out there listening probably remember hit clips. You got a one minute song, and it basically was like a portable. I don't want to call it an iPod, but before there was iPods and stuff, you carried around a hit clip. It was kind of like a toy version of like a cassette player or a toy version of like a CD player. I don't know. It didn't last very long, but. Some of the popular songs was like NSYNC, Britney Spears, Destiny Child, Backstreet Boys, Hillary. Day. It was around that. It was around that time. I feel a vague. I feel like I have a vague memory of that. Like a very vague memory of that. It's not very yeah. clear, but it sounds kind of familiar. Now that you start talking about who, which artists were on. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, um, this is random, but do you remember when phones, the first phone, the first music phones came out? I was in high school. It was like I had a Vcast Verizon phone and like the commercial had um Nelly Furtado on it. Um and Okay. And the song was um Promiscuous Girl, I think. I don't Probably. remember, but that was like that was like the main song. And so I got that song, like the commercial had, and I had that one song on my VCast phone. And um that was like the first experience with like having music on a phone. And I just remember thinking it was so cool and I would like play it during class with like Do you remember when we had to download ringtones? Like <laughs> um yes we was and actually remember playing $1.99 for those ringtones. What's ringback tones? Hold on, wait a minute. No, you did not say what's ringback tones. So you remember you would call somebody and instead of hearing a phone instead of hearing a phone ringing, you would hear a song. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. did that. But I mean, we was putting that joint to the speaker. You know how we do. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was not doing that shit. I we, was at, we all remember putting that joint to the speaker and then being like, hey, you reached so-and-so, leave a message. Oh, yeah, for the voicemail. But I'm talking about the actual phone ring. Like, instead of a ring, it would be... Instead of like a, a doo-doo? Song. Yes, it would be a song. Like, instead of the phone ringing, it... I cannot believe you did not have a ring back tone. I sure did. I didn't I have a ring back tone. Was, but... Wow. Okay, well, that was... 
that was a cute little dive into uh into memory lane. I like that. That was our yes, our loose... I kind of wanna. I kind of want to ring back tone now. <laughs> right. And the thing is, it's like there have been times in a like maybe in the last five years, like I called somebody and they had a ring back tone. I'm like, no, you do not still have a fucking ring back. <laughs> because some people like forget to you have the setting, you forget to like turn it off because you got to call like the phone company to turn it off. Oh. Um, and that shit is just hilarious. Um, well, but yeah, apparently if y'all are interested, there's a company that does it apparently called listen.com and Apparently they hold you down. I don't suggest it. It looks a little scammy, but if you feeling ballsy, go for it. <laughs> it's, I feel like that's that should be a thing for kids. I feel like it's cute for kids at this point. No adult should have any ring back tone. Somebody could 30s, be calling you. No reason for that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Cause see, when people started calling you for like jobs and stuff, you don't want to exactly. have fucking tear the club up on the. No, you don't. Wanna... <laughs> You don't do you have, have a regular ringtone on your phone? Yes, it's a regular ringtone. We don't do music anymore because that shit go off in church and it's not giving what not it's Not going to off be. in church. <laughs> um, and that's another reason why we kind of did away with like music on the ringtones because it's like you don't know where you're at. You don't, it's not always appropriate, the song that you choose. My um, ringer is always on, well, used to always be on vibrate because I was always busy. So I was never in a space where my ringer can go off. It always needed to be on vibrate. But now that I work from home, I actually like, I kind of try to take advantage of it when I can. And I do have a actual ringtone now. It's an instrumental. It's a remix instrumental. But um, I be like having a little ringtone nowadays. Like, especially over the summertime, I always like a nice ringtone over the summertime. Summertime, my, summertime. my routine for summertime is get a fun phone case and pick a fun ringtone for the whole summer. So wow. you will be seeing like a goof troop phone case or something. something real, I feel like once serious. I switched to iPhone, it kind of took away like all my creativity when it comes to phone. It's like, all right, you got an iPhone. Because iPhone the, is so the minimal. Standard, the standard, here comes the standard iPhone ring. You know how I go. Um, it'd be like... Uh, do, 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 do. I don't know. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, give her a record deal for that one oh right there. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'm going to okay. be switching to iPhone this year, actually. Um, Here's a hand clap I'm for you. Welcome to the team. I'm going to be switching. I realize I just, I don't need... Android is great for like the customizability and the personalization, but as I'm becoming more and more booked and busy, I really just need minimalist efficiency, something that's not overwhelming, but like gets it done. So my phone has an overwhelming amount of customizations and apps and stuff. And it's like, I want to cut back on the apps that I'm using, but the reason why I'm using a lot of those apps is because of the ecosystem that comes with it. But I know if I just mess with Apple, I have a Mac now, so... It's like, I want that ecosystem to cross over. If I'm making an appointment in my phone, I also need it to be made on my computer, period. Like, I don't want to have to think too much about it. So I will be crossing over. I plan on getting the, the uh, what is it called? The 13 Pro Max. 
Okay, nice. You and me both. That's I'm gonna get that for my um for my birthday. But I need you to to I hope my boot is listening to this because we need him to cross over to iPhone. He is not fucking having it. (laughs) He has all of these reasons why he's one of those guys. Um, but it is right. But at at a certain point, you you know. Yeah. But um, okay. If I wasn't such an entrepreneur and I didn't have like. I feel like the type of job that I have, my day job, as well as being an entrepreneur, all of that just, it's its a lot to manage. And an iPhone will actually be just easier. So I'm going to be missing out on certain things. I do like having secret folder and multiple logins on your phone, but I'm just going to take the L and, you know. Not that L. When it comes L. to organization, it is an L because you do lose Not really. a lot. But yeah, when that's it comes true, to organization, but- Apple does that really, really well. Like, they're super clean, super minimal. Like, that's their thing. So, it's easy to get overwhelmed with so many customers. I have, like, well over 200 apps on my phone, and I use almost all of them at least weekly. And a lot of that is because what the phone normally does is not up to the standard I need it done. Uh, But Apple has an ecosystem that does productivity and creativity really 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 well where you don't even need an additional app and that's just what i want i just want to breathe a little bit better so i I do take an l on a lot of features that i have with my phone so but i'm okay with that because all those additional features my phone is a tool of productivity now it's not like i don't have games and just fun stuff on my phone phone is all business it's basically a mobile computer at this point so yeah, you trade in some for something, but I do think that what you gain as far as efficiency with Apple is definitely top tier. Also, their products just last. Like the the Mac that I was using was from 2011, 2012, and it runs perfectly fine. Um, actually has less glitches than my newer PCs. So I do feel like when it comes to technology, because their software works so well with their hardware, like it's built to run that program, it just it just goes really, really, really well. That's what so I I'll call be, quality. That's what I call quality Good over quality. quantity. And moving forward, welcome to Team iPhone. Uh, early here's an early welcoming committee. We're we're on our way. We welcome you <laughs> to the team. And uh, all right, so um, thank you for that like little memory lane situation it was like a soft way back and i did like that um i actually want to get into asking you some thought-provoking questions um so yes so i actually i read this article i ended up reading this article and it was on exo nicole as well and the article is entitled it says research says hookup culture is fucking us up Here's what I think. And the author or the writer of the article basically, you know, had done some research and had said that basically like the whole phases that are now kind of the norm are like fucking up our psyche because and not just women, because they try to put they try to throw this on women. They try to throw like how women can't do things with no strings attached and how only women develop emotional attachments. But we know that's obviously not true. We just know that men kind of a lot of men have like an inability to express their emotions other than through like anger 
or, you know, contentment. Um, but what basically what they have said is, is that, you know, as animals, our brains have been rewired and have adapted to, um, like, like I said, like most animals do, um, to, you know, casual sex so that when we do get in a situation that's more than just a physical thing, like we don't know how to act. Um, so it kind of sparked uh, this, this first question that I have for you, um, because it, it goes into like, when you hook up with people, oftentimes what, and you've said, I've actually literally heard you say this, Rob, but when you first begin the relationship, you're at this place and you quote unquote, maybe want sh- no strings attached. But as you continue to be physical with a person that can change. So, you know, deciding that what you had in the, or what you decided on the beginning, that can always change. And so there is like a healthier way to approach hookups, I believe. I feel like casual sex is not something that I've ever really been good at just because I do feel like you need check-ins. Like, yes, we said this was going to be this at the beginning, but now, you know, we've developed, our relationship has developed further. You know, we have been intimate in other ways. Like we need to check in and see that we're both still on the same page. But it it, it made me think of this question. So I'm going to ask you, have you ever had a hoe face? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely Tell me about your hoe worst- face. I had the worst possible hoe phase. Like, my hoe phase was on the border. Well, it was probably sex addiction. It was it was really bad. I went through, and it was dark as fuck. Like, it was a depressing time, and the hoe phase was just a way to kind of escape uncomfortable emotions. And so... Anytime I would be overwhelmed emotionally or stressed out or feeling like sad or anything like that, I would go and and you know it was a, you know a whole phase is a whole phase when it takes place after eleven o'clock at night. When you start oh, initiating yeah. the plan after eleven o'clock, this is your whole phase. When this happens twice a week, this is your whole phase. For those of you who don't know, if you've been in the whole phase. Uh, but it would be late at night. I'd be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm in my bag. I will go to a bar. First of all, getting dressed to the gods. Okay? Getting dressed looking like honey and milk. All right? Put together. Getting all types of dress. Um, cologne, right? Shape. You got to look good. If you're going whole phase, you got you, you got to look like the fish that they want to catch. You know what I'm saying? So... I would do that, look real conspicuous and mysterious and sexy, go to the bar, have a thought-provoking drink. You know what I mean? Like, fun fact, if you go to a drink, if you go to a bar and you order like rare liquor, people always want to talk to you about what it is. So I would order stuff with like Galliano or order stuff with, um, what is my favorite joint now? It's St. Germain. That's a conversation starter. Elderflower liqueur, we love it. Yes, yes, yes. Or I'll have some stuff that's flambe, or I'll go and just just extra ass drinks, just because you need that attention from not like requesting the attention, but you need some attention because you got dressed, you know, bow tie, everything, just looking like 007, shaking not stirred type bills. 
Um, and I would get drunk and I would lock eyes with somebody. And if she's like, whatever, then you just be charming and stuff. And then the night goes where it goes and you wind up two hours away from your house making bad decisions. And then (laughs) that's that. But for my whole phase, it was like, it wasn't a lot of people, but after a while, I started realizing that I started feeling like kind of like disgusted with myself. Like I started feeling really like not okay. Like when it was over, I kind of like had like a jet lag of uncomfortable feelings. And I'm like, well, this is what I was trying to avoid. So I'm driving home for two hours. Like this was stupid. <laughs> like this was stupid. I, I I was looking very stupid in front of myself. And um, once I started realizing that what I the real reason why I was doing this, I stopped doing it because it was like it didn't work anymore. So I was using it as a distraction, and then I realized I was using it as a distraction. So I stopped because it was no longer distracting. And um, yeah, but my whole remember we talked about like somebody's mother, like yes, we, I, <laughs> I was thinking about that too. <laughs> Your cougar, your whole cougar situation. My cougar phase was so real. Like, the cougar phase was a real thing for me. I didn't want anything that was not a cougar. You hear me? Like, that that was that. Um, And I got into some wild situations. Shout out to the whole phase, because the whole phase be some exciting sex. I'm not going to say, sit here and say... That, you know, there wasn't circumstances and situations like on the spot. Sex is exciting. Always be protected, though. Make sure you use protection. I do not promote whole phase without protection. But it was fun. I'm not going to say it wasn't fun. It just wasn't effective. It lasted for like two years, maybe. And then it was over for me. I two years to me is a long time. I literally had, I will say, an unsuccessful whole phase. Um, <clears throat> maybe like right after I graduated from college, it was like a two month period, and I just feel like it's not for me because I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm just like extremely open with the way that I feel. So if my feelings were to change or if I like you, I'm going to be like, I like you. And for some people in like a whole phase or like a casual sex situation, telling somebody that you like them is like a serious no, no. And I'm not, you know, I just can't, I'm not one to mince words. So, and, and aside from that, I feel like I just can't, like, I can't be giving my body to everybody, not even in the, like, archaic way of, like, oh, you're giving up your flat. Not like that, but more like yeah. in a in a health, in a healthy type of way. Like, I don't like having a whole bunch of different men enter me. I just, I, it sounds weird, but it's not something that feels right to me. Like, I feel it like it needs sound to- weird. I don't think there's anything weird about that. Yeah, like I feel like it, you know, every man is different. You got different shapes, you got different sizes, like but also you have like things like pH balance that women have to worry about and like, you know, really taking care of your sexual health like it 
it for me just switching off and doing that with a whole bunch of different people doesn't make sense to me in my life. So I think at, during that time when I was about 21, I'm like, eh, this is actually not for me. Um, particularly, but I do, I thought the article was interesting just because I feel like it, it, it has been hard to date because it seems like a lot of people do have that casual dating mindset, even when they are talking to somebody or seeing somebody with the notion of that it may go somewhere or it's not as casual. Sometimes I feel like it's hard to put some of those habits down that you had while you were, uh, having casual sex. So it's, it's an interesting subject. Um, but switching from that, I have something totally different, um, to ask you. So let's go on to the next question. This is like the question hour. Um, if you could Mm. go back into the past and give yourself advice, when and what would that be? So when would you go and what would you say to your past self? It's a good question. I just did an interview with someone asking this question too. Yeah. So um, where I would go back to, I would go back to about eighth grade and I would just kind of give myself some swag tips. (laughs) I was so awkward, (laughs) man. Eighth grade is an awkward year. Like junior high school is the awkward year. But I feel like there could have been easily a little bit more swag that took place. For what I know now, I would have just gave myself a little bit some like swag tips, just a little boost of confidence, which I think we all could use in eighth grade. But I would definitely do that. Um, and I probably would put myself onto some new music so that I knew the lyrics when they came out. So that when you start rapping them joints, you look cool as hell. <laughs> Not you give yourself your old self lyrics. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would go back to eighth grade. I feel like um, that's such a make you break you type of um, year, you know. So, and um, yeah, but I wouldn't want to change too much of my life. As as crazy as it sounds, I would. I feel like everything has led to where I'm at now. So I wouldn't want to, unfortunately, alter it too much. What about you? What about you? I would say, yeah, because it's like I there. I'm tempted to say I'm tempted to go back to really, really hard times in my life and tell tell myself something that you know I need to hear. But I decided to kind of go. I would go back to when I was in high school, maybe around the time where I was 16 or 17, um, and tell myself that the reason why, like, girl, the reason why you're not fitting in is because you're not surrounding yourself with people who are like you. And, you know, finding, like, the type of friends that fit my personality was, like, it was kind of hard to navigate in high school. Because, you know, uh, when I was in high school, I was uh, the captain of the dancers for the band. And it kind of automatically puts you in a category. People people want to throw you into like this popular category. And for me, that was really hard just because I was very different from everyone else in that category. And I felt like so much more at home around like artsier people and people and nerdier people. But of course, you know, in high school, you don't want to be 
like associated with nerds or anything like that. But like those are actually really my people. So I think I would go back and tell myself like, hey, like it's not working because these people are not like you. You know, you need to find like-minded people. That is your goal in life to surround yourself uh, with like-minded people so that you can grow and that you can thrive and that you can be yourself. Um, so that's that's when I would go back and I would give myself that little tidbit and and see where it takes me. Okay, um, cute. All right, so my next question is going to be, um, and I, I just have two more questions. Um, if you could do any profession with the guarantee of success, what would you do? I'd be a psychologist. Aren't Bottom you already line. like kind of? I'd be like a clinical PhD psychologist. The only reason why I don't go for that is because it's it's too expensive. I can't afford a PhD. And the success of becoming a clinical psychologist is really difficult, especially if you're a black man. Um, You would have to then, in addition to being in debt hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars... You'd also have to somehow score a job that's paying that much. And unless you're in psychiatry, which is med school, psychologists really don't get They get paid a good amount of money. I'm not saying that they're broke, but they don't get paid what you think they're getting paid. And so when it comes to that debt, it's just not a practical decision for someone that doesn't come from financial privilege. So that is the only reason why I don't pursue that. But that was always my dream to be a child, either a child psychologist or a developmental psychologist. So that okay. would like 1000% be what I would do when I went oh. down. That's what about interesting. You? That's interesting. I guess the reasons why you haven't pursued that direction. Yeah. That was interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. So. <laughs> well, mine's, mine is a little bit more grandiose. <laughs> okay, well, give it I to would, me. I, I have two. Okay, I have two. If I could do something and I, you know, with the guarantee of success, I would definitely be like an icon. Like I would be a famous actress, singer. Oh, that's right. Dancer. <laughs> And it's not like I can't do it. I'm just saying, like, I would totally... I was about to say, aren't you already... Uh, (laughs) Honestly, like I said, like, it's not really that far off. Um, But I would just obviously, you know, catapult myself to stardom and, you know, just try any and everything and just go for my heart's desire. I think the only thing that would be holding me back from, from really... Pursuing that is fear and money. I mean, you obviously you need to have your finances in order to pursue a music career in my mind, especially because I would probably go more the independent route, um, at least for a while. So there are like a couple of different obstacles, just, you know, life in general and needing to provide Mm -hmm. for yourself in the moment. So, you know, making decisions that maybe more guarantee you're financially stable because when you do shoot for like icon status, you know, you have to have a lot of people in your corner. You have to have just kind of 
the mindset that it may not work, but you're going to go for that anyway. Um, and so that's something as like me being like kind of like a control freak type character. That's the the one thing that scares me, that unknown. Um, well, so remember I would, too, you said you didn't want to be famous. Right, because right, right, and that's another thing. (laughs) Right, and that's it. That's another thing. It's like, yeah, I would like to be successful, but the other half of it, like not having privacy, like having my whole situation and life be on blast, I'm not for that. So that's another thing that we're really like. That's really like you know stopping me from doing that because I I did feel like as a child I wanted to be like famous, and now I'm like, eh, not so much. Um, Well known, yes. Uh, influential, absolutely. Famous, I don't know. Um, but and then the second thing is this is random, but I would totally be like an Olympic figure skater because I think that they are amazing. Okay. And when I was younger, yeah, I know it's so random. Um, but when I was younger, I think just watching them, it was just so beautiful to me and so graceful, and it's it's daring. So there's that adrenaline aspect that I get from performing and I just think there's so much beauty in it so um yeah an Olympic figure skater like that's That's like my like baby this is that's a dream that I've never even tried to pursue but that would be something that would be really cool to do that's Um, crazy I've wanted to (laughs) learn how to do a triple axle Right, stuff like that. Oh my god! I've always wanted to, but I've but I'll tell you, I wanted to learn how to do it so that I could choreograph it, like in a regular dance routine. Well, Um, you know they have to do it on the the real floor. They have to do it on the real floor before they do it on the ice. So yeah, you can still learn how to do that. Um, but okay, so the next and final question, and this is very like dark and morbid so it's good for a final question but if you (laughs) if you had the chance if you had the chance to know when you were gonna die would you want to know why or why not no i don't want to know i'm not good with stuff like i already am a slight perfectionist and put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed um with the anticipation that life is not forever if I had a deadline, that would drive me fucking insane. Like I would <laughs> I would be I would fuck it up. Like I would be loco. Like I'd be Looney Tunes because I already put pressure on myself in terms of deadlines and look at my life and say that I have to have this by this age or I have to be in this place by this part of my life. If I knew like I had like 16 days left, like I would lose my fucking mind. Either that or it would be good because I would realize that those things don't even matter. But I'm not willing to take that chance. I would rather not know when it's my time to go. But in reality, I feel like we all kind of know. Uh, yeah, I think that people are more intuitive than they, than they know. And that a lot of times they say in like your final moments, like, I know... Um, one of my good friends who's um one of his parents passed you know the night that he passed you know he was acting very like different, different. Yeah. he was acting different he was Ominous, acting a little bit almost out of character he was he found that he felt like he wanted to share his life and share stories and different things like that and you know yeah. he'd had no underlying um conditions or anything like that 
Um, so when he passed, it was definitely very sudden. But it's like people do. You're right. People I do. Feel like, know. I feel like we know. Like every t- anytime somebody you interact with somebody moments before they die, it's always like a conclusion, some type of closure, some type of very ominous, almost like in your face irony. And I feel like people know. Agree. I feel like and when I... you, you know, you're gonna when you're when it's your time, you're gonna know. And. Yeah. I can say that I can agree with you. I do not want to know. And I know people who do who would like to know when they when they die. But I, you know, I wouldn't like to know that just because I feel like it would be stressful just feeling like I already feel like at 32 like oh my god, I'm running out of time. So it would really put like a serious serious pressure mm-hmm. on everything that I did and I just don't want to live my life like that. I want to live my life moment to moment. Um, so that being said, that is the last like existential question I have for you. And I think that is like a good place to kind of like say goodbye to the homies. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. (laughs) Well, you just said that when you know, you know, and I feel like this is that moment. (laughs) (laughs) The episode's dead. We (laughs) like... (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but I mean, Shannon said we are putting this episode in the grave. She said it's been an hour and a half. We're laying it to yes, we're laying this episode to rest. But what I do want to say to the homies is that live moment to moment, stay in the moment, stay present, and the next thing you know, we're gonna be popping out with some summer episodes. So please get ready for those. The summer episodes are gonna have like a slightly different tone to them um so get ready for that we're not going to reveal what it's giving quite yet (laughs) however just know that when the summer happens and school is over when you were younger and you know you get into summer camp and you get into all the summer things you know it's all about fun so we're looking to have some fun this summer and we really want to bring you all along for the ride. So please stay tuned. Um, in the meantime, you can catch us on Instagram. We will be going live. Like I said, we will be starting our Patreon soon. So keep up with us at the Bridge Millennial Podcast on Instagram and the Glitch Homie on Twitter. You can find me on my personal page at I am Shannon Ashlea. That is S H A N N O N A S H L I A. All right. Where can I find you, Rob? You can find me all socials, just Rob's World. Also, check us out. Check out the website to the the Bridge Millennial Podcast.com where you can catch all of our episodes for the season up to date. You can also drop us a line, leave us some feedback and all of that good stuff because we would love to hear it. We want to get some more episodes with some more good old voicemail. Um, Shannon, we're going to take a selfie for our last episode. Okay. Say cheese. Look out, Marlon. Say cheese. And, um, yeah, thank you guys for rocking with us. We will catch y'all this summer uh, with some good stuff. Like Shannon said, we're not going to tell you what it is, but all you need to know is that we will always be the shared perspective of the bridge millennial generation on culture, media, (laughs) mental health, and society. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. And you guys, we are going to have a little cute contest to guess 
our next season's theme. So this season's theme was our Aaliyah season. We have dropped several breadcrumbs in a lot of the earlier episodes on what our next season will be. So if you're feeling nostalgic, go back, listen to some of these episodes, listen to some of the things we have said, and Think about, mm, have you ever heard anything that sounded kind of off in the episode? What might that be? Um, And I'm going to leave it at that. We will holler at you all in the sunshine, in the summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. Later, y'all.